Hi, and welcome to the Thrive Alcohol-Free podcast. I'm Dupe, Dupe Witherick, alcohol-free well-being and transformational coach and the best-selling author of A Cocktail of Clarity, How to Ditch Drinking, Embody a Joyful New Identity and Thrive Alcohol-Free. This podcast will show you that being alcohol-free is not what the traditional narrative says. And even though alcohol is so ingrained in our society that it is okay to give yourself permission to stop drinking if you want to. And you do not have to wait until you hit rock bottom. It is certainly not boring and I believe ditching drinking is just the start to living an extraordinary life. By getting rid of this one thing, it allows the doors to open to endless possibilities and opportunities. Each week, we will have guests on who are at various stages of the alcohol-free journey, from those who are curious to those who have been alcohol-free for years. We will also have experts on talking about different topics relating to alcohol and beyond. Through these conversations, you will discover what it means to thrive alcohol-free. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Thrive Alcohol Free podcast. I am delighted that you're here, and I am very excited today because today is the 10th episode of the Thrive Alcohol Free podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and for being part of this community. I do hope that you are finding the guests that we have on inspiring and that it's given you food for thought if you are curious about becoming alcohol free or about taking a break and if you're early days in the journey or wherever you are in the journey really I hope it inspires you to keep going I truly believe that we can thrive alcohol free and actually it's the best kept secret and it is really a superpower So maybe you're already experiencing it. If not, I absolutely encourage you to take a break and see what happens. Today's also Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to our American friends. And I hope you're having a wonderful day celebrating with your family and friends. And I know it can be a tricky time, especially if this is your first one. So well done you if this is your first alcohol-free Thanksgiving and maybe listening to this will continue to inspire you for the day. But I really want you to remember that you can always take yourself off if you are feeling a little bit annoyed or angsty or a bit bored. You can go for a quick walk around the block or just take some really deep breaths and you know, resense yourself or perhaps do 10 minutes of yoga or something, you know, really, I don't want you to feel pressured today, feeling that you're missing out or that you're not enjoying yourself fully because you're not drinking and everyone else is. So the best thing I could recommend is to really think about the why in terms of why did you decide to stop drinking alcohol? And enjoy it you know just notice sort of things you probably wouldn't notice normally and then record how you felt at the end of the day and potentially the following morning when you realize that you've absolutely thrived through thanksgiving alcohol free so i'm rooting for you and i hope you have a wonderful day and feel free to get in touch to let me know how you get on and so in the light of this as it is Thanksgiving, I have a Black Friday offer. So my self-paced online course, A Cocktail of Clarity, 
is currently half price until Cyber, Cyber Monday, so the 27th of November. So if you're curious about taking a break and exploring a different path, or if you're early days in your alcohol-free journey and want guidance, tips and tricks to manage cravings, to create an alcohol-free toolkit, to incorporate self-care, to navigate those alcohol-free firsts, to develop new habits and to, you know, to know how to manage your emotions, then go get the course because it covers all of this and it will no doubt help you on your journey towards a new mindset when it comes to drinking alcohol and not drinking alcohol so details of the course and how to get it are in the show notes and as I said it's currently 50% off so go grab it okay so today's guest today we have Kaylin Asher on and Kaylin is an award-winning business coach with a three-day work week So she's a mum of two and the creator of Scale Up Accelerator. She specialises in helping coaches to create premium group programmes that can bring in 100k plus per year with one Zoom call a week. And she's offering a free training that you can get, and I'll put that in the show notes as well, that will reveal to you how coaches are earning over 100k per year with just one Zoom call a week. So without further ado, I will introduce you to Kaylin and we'll kick this off. But it's a really interesting conversation and we obviously go through her story, which is fascinating. But we really talk about the fading effect bias, which is where you start to see alcohol with rose tinted glasses or you suddenly think maybe it's a good idea to go back to drinking and it'll be fine. And we talk about how that can happen and what what you do with this potentially. And we also touch on personal development and growth and the impact of alcohol when you are drinking and what it's like when you're not and how empowering it can be to be alcohol free. So I do hope you enjoy this 10th episode. And here is the conversation with Kaylin. So welcome, Kaylin. Thank you so much for being a guest on Thrive Alcohol Free, the podcast. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Dupay. This is really fun. Great, great. Well, without further ado, why don't we, for people that don't know you, why don't you maybe kick off with who you are and what you do? And we can go yeah, through. absolutely. Happy to share. So my name is Kayla Nasher. I am a mom of two young girls. I'm a wife of my college sweetheart. And I'm a business coach. I work with women, helping them create thriving coaching businesses, doing work that they love and doing it in hours that feel good to them so that they have that beautiful work-life harmony. Um, Been doing that for a good 10 years now. And a big piece of my journey the last four years has been removing alcohol from my you know, weekly routine. And I'm excited to share sort of the effect that that's had on me personally, on my business, on my relationships, my parenting, all that good stuff. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, that sounds great. So why don't we start from the beginning? So you've not been drinking for four years, but what led you to the point of stopping drinking? Maybe if you can tell your backstory. Yeah, absolutely. So I was a really good kid (laughs) and I did not 
touch alcohol until I think it was um it was after prom like our big celebratory graduation dance senior year of high school it was the first time I ever um got a little bit tipsy with my friends and and it was sort of a one-time experience and then going off to college I think was really where I was exposed to drinking culture and I'm someone who I mean, I'm working through it now, but I, I was pretty tightly wound, was a very good student, very driven, very motivated. And alcohol just was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It allowed me to just let loose, let all those worries go. And um, I was I was a kid and, you know, everyone was drinking around me at, at college and it just sort of felt like this um, this fun little foray into adulthood. What started not working for me was, you know, going into my 20s, especially my later 20s, now being married, um, you know, stepping into motherhood was I felt like I never um, shifted out of that sort of like, I just want to, you know, the fun, the fun drinking, and it became this like weird habit of, well, what else do we do for fun? You know, it's like, on the weekends, our date nights are centered around, oh, what cool cocktail bar can we go to? What great restaurant? And what bottle of wine should we bring? And, um, you know, on even low key weekends, you know, sitting by the fire, watching a football game, it's like, let's crack open a bottle of wine and drink by the fire. And it seemed like this, it was filling so much of my life. And not that I ever identified as an alcoholic. I mean, I'm, you know, very driven and motivated and high functioning and all of that, but it just felt like it had become my main hobby <laughs> and, and my main source of like a treat for myself and my husband too. I think we were kind of in that one way bad for, we we're bad for each other. Cause we, if I was kind of like, I'm going to take a night off, but he was getting something that I would, or if he was going to take a night off, but I was getting something he would. And, you know, we just kind of, uh, in so many ways, we are so growth minded, but that was one area that just felt like we were sort of stuck in these patterns from our early 20s as we entered into our early 30s and then started making all these rules about, oh, well, we won't drink Monday through Thursday and we'll only drink one drink on Friday. And then, you know, like all these silly things. And then lo and behold, it'd be Wednesday and be so stressed, you know, and have a stressful day and be like, I just want to have a glass of wine. You know, like this, this is the one thing that I want tonight. And now I'm denying myself. And it was just, it felt so complicated. Honestly, it was just getting exhausting. And um, I read a book after my husband read it. He was the first one, The Alcohol Experiment, which I'm sure is one that you know of and have read. And it was the first time where I really, where I really started to question it's the effect that it was having on me and the fact that I could be, even if I wasn't an alcoholic, that I could be addicted to alcohol and so reliant on it. And it kind of just woke me up to think, you know, is this really who I want to be moving forward? Do I really want to live this life of all these rules that I keep breaking and all these promises that I keep breaking to myself? And it was, um, yeah, it became a, something that felt like let's try going for like 30 days without it, <laughs> you know, like just a little experiment. And so we did um, uh, several rounds of 30 days off and then we'd go back to it or 60 days off and go back to it. I think the longest was like a 90 day stint. And then we went back to it and 
But that after that long stretch of not drinking and then going back to it, it could kind of feel that the end was in sight. It was like, ah, it doesn't feel good going back to it this time. And so then we, we lifted it out. Um, it was in June of 2019 where we were like, all right, we're going to do like a summer of not drinking and summer is always like a really challenging time, right? Because there's so many parties and there's so many opportunities and there's vacations and it just, it felt like, well, how do you have a fun summer without having alcohol sometimes? <laughs> but it really proved to us that, you know, after the first, I would say the first 30 days, you're kind of like, all right, I'm okay. But after 60 days and then 90 days, I, I stopped thinking about it. And it was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, I have a brain that's not thinking about drinking. I'm not trying to like figure out when's going to be the, like the next fun time we get to go drinking or how can we make plans that involve drinking? And it was just, cause it was, like I said, it was like my hobby, my treat, my, you know, a way that my husband and I would connect, you know, even if we're home with the girls, if we each had like a glass of wine, it just kind of took the edge off. And we felt like we were having this like adult moment together. But it just, it, I always just woke up the next day feeling like, I wish I didn't do that yesterday. <laughs> I wish I didn't do that. And it was, I was over it. So that was, yeah, that was back in 2019. And I will say, I consider myself four years alcohol-free. About three years in, we were like, maybe we could drink like once in a while, like once a year or once a month. And we like tried a little, like, I imagine it's akin to, and I've never had this experience because my husband is my first like real boyfriend. We started dating in our teens, <laughs> but, um, I imagine it's akin to like going back to an old boyfriend that, you know, there's no future with, but you're going to have this little like wild fling. <laughs> and it just, it really confirmed for us that we're like, oh my gosh, this feels like not even steps backwards. It feels like we're jumping backwards, like so much progress and just that free mind of being free of managing your drinking. It was exhausting. And it was honestly, it was a, a helpful reminder to reset firmly into the commitment of, I don't want this to be part of my life. This doesn't have a place where I think after you're not drinking for several years, and maybe this isn't the case for everyone, but it kind of got to a place where I was like, was it that bad? I don't really remember. Like, how bad was it? Like, was it really that complicating? And was I really feeling that crappy? And, you know, our hangovers that terrible, <laughs> you know, and having, you know, it was like a month or so where we were like, maybe we could reincorporate this. And we were like, no, we're just slipping back into all these patterns that, and, but it was so easy to stop after that. It just like, we were just like, no, we're done. And, and then went right back to being completely alcohol free and having that, that free open mind too, without feeling like you're making all those rules and managing things and feeling guilty and breaking promises to yourself where you're like, I'm, I was going to not drink this week, but now my girlfriend's invited me out. And how do I tell them I'm not going to get something? And it, you know, it's just, it's so complicated. <laughs> and, um, and I think also in the big, in the beginning, I was more concerned about what other people would think if I told them I'd stop drinking, you know, Oh, what would my family think? And what would my friends think? And you know what? 
I don't think anybody really cares. <laughs> no one, no one really minded and no one's given me a hard time or anything like that. And so it was all this like, you know, unnecessary worry in my mind about, you know, what other people might think of me, you know, are they going to think I had a drinking problem? And then I have to explain that I'm not an alcoholic, but I'm not drinking. And it was nobody, nobody cares. Nobody notices. <laughs> Honestly, nobody notices because, you know, they're, they're busy thinking about their own life and probably calculating how many drinks they've had. So I'll pause there. I know I've been going on for a while, but that's kind of the, the big, you know, long tail of, of what led me to where I'm here, you know, today talking to you about it. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's amazing that you did it with your husband. So you both stopped at the same time. We did. We did. Um, I have to say he was the one initially who kind who got the book, the alcohol experiment mm-hmm. and was like, I'm going to do this 30 day off. And I th- I'm forgetting if I did it with him the first time, but then we did it a few rounds together. And I do feel honestly, so fortunate that I had a partner who was on board. Cause I imagine that would be, be really, you know, challenging. <laughs> you know, it's really good to have someone in your corner, which is why it's so amazing you do the work you do because it's so so helpful to have have people who understand what it's like, uh, especially those those first couple months when you're kind of navigating this new new way of being and um to hold you accountable and to remind you of why you've made this choice when, you know, you're having that rough day and you really just want to go back to those old habits and patterns, um, which honestly I, I find doesn't really happen anymore when you're away from it for this long. But those in those first, you know, few weeks and months, you can kind of have moments where you're just like, why did I make this choice? <laughs> and it's um, it's so good to have have someone um, there with you supporting you on the journey. Yeah. And, you know, you articulated it so well. I think when you step away from drinking, you do realize how much you are thinking about drinking. And I think we only think we're thinking about it when we drink, but it's you're absolutely right with all the things around it. You know, when am I going to have a drink? How many drinks? Do I have one drink today? Do I have two drinks today? Do I drink on a Friday? Do I drink on a Wednesday? Do I drink, you know, it is exhausting, isn't it? And so, it is. It really is. And it was, yeah, it was, it was like thinking back to it, it was, it's almost comical how much time I would spend trying to regulate myself and then, then talking myself out of the rules that I had made. <laughs> like, well, I did say Monday through Thursday, I wouldn't drink, but it's Thursday. So maybe, you know, it's okay because, you know, like just all this like negotiation with myself, it, it was, you know, such a, a waste of time and energy. And I'm so glad that it's not part of my life anymore. Yeah. And you do, you justify it, don't you? You find a, a reason to be able to do it. Absolutely. You find excuse. I remember like searching for excuses to have a, have a drink, especially on a day when it wasn't, you know, when I wasn't supposed to have a drink, it's like, oh, well, the girls have off from school. It's a three-day weekend. So it's, you know, it's not really Monday. It's like, it's still the weekend. So (laughs) it's so silly when you say it. Um, Yeah. And I also found it interesting when you said that it was like a hobby and a treat. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that so I realized so many of the plans, especially if it was my husband and I just traveling the two of us together, like away for a long weekend or something, 
so much of what we would circle our plans around would be drinking. It's like, oh, okay, like mimosas at brunch. And then we're going to go and, you know, maybe in the late afternoon, we'll stop at this like, you know, cool place where we could get, you know, wine by the park or go to a, you know, a tasting or whatever. There's this amazing new cocktail bar that uses all these like crazy, you know, herbal ingredients, you know, it just so many things would be zoomed in on that of like, how can we fill our day? Cause that's fun. You know, it's fun. It's what I did when I was college, when I'm a kid and you're free for the first time. And, um, I think I just had this really tight association that, you know, that's what, that was a way to like, let loose a little bit and de-stress and have fun. And, um, also I think I, we had the sense that we had like these deeper, more, you know, open conversations when we were drinking, because you lose your filter a little bit. But the thing was, is that so often, especially if you drink to a certain point, like we didn't, we didn't, I didn't remember with total clarity, those conversations, I wasn't fully present and fully there. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the depth of our relationship and communication has gone to a whole new level um, because we've been on this growth journey together and made this commitment, not just to ourselves, but to each other, that we were going to find a new way to, to enjoy our date nights and enjoy our time together without it always being dependent on, you know, having alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting. You describe it as a growth journey because I, yeah. I posted a video earlier this week about what thriving alcohol free means to me. And it's all about growth. And so when you say it's a growth journey, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think, I, I think a lot of the things that you can, um, numb over with drinking, you know, different things that if you're using it to cope in any way, and most of us do, right. Take the edge off your stressful day. Um, that you, you have to process through that stuff (laughs) and that's not always the most fun, but instead of just putting a bandaid on it, you're actually healing it. And so there's definitely been, been things that I've noticed in myself that like, oh, that's something that I just used to kind of sweep under the rug. Um, you know, when it comes to self-worth or self-doubt or so many different things, like, and it's, it's not all like these huge traumatizing events. It's just little things that you're like, oh, I used to bolster my confidence with drinking. And now I have to be okay with just being me without the veil of alcohol when I go, you know, to a networking event or something like that. And, and also it kind of is helpful to remind yourself that usually everyone else is drinking. So, you know, it's really, it, it doesn't matter much because they probably are a little like buzzed and tipsy. And so the the veil is there for them. Um, but yeah, just, just being, being yourself without any, any substance changing you in any direction is, um, you know, takes, takes you owning that and, and feeling into this next level of, of confidence and, and taking a stand for what you really want for yourself. And especially when it's something so mainstream as drinking, it can feel kind of counterculture in the Mm -hmm. beginning to, um, to say, Hey, I'm taking, I'm removing this from my life. And you can kind of wonder, right. Depending on your family dynamics and everything, not even just with your immediate, you know, your partner and your Mm -hmm. household, but your parents and your siblings and your friends. And it's like, how is this going to change things? 
and how did you find it did because interestingly enough you did say it was quite easy and actually they didn't give you a hard time which is great because I know some people it's a complete opposite and maybe if you're listening you might be finding that you know it is quite tough but how did you navigate that initially yeah I think I don't even remember you know, it's been long enough now. I don't think in the beginning we really knew we were making a decision, a forever decision. It was sort mm-hmm. of just like, oh, we're we're taking the month off or we're taking the summer off from drinking. Yeah. It wasn't this huge declarative statement. Mm-hmm. And and people just were kind of cool with it. I mean, my my husband does play hockey. So some of his buddies there, I think we're giving him a hard time about not having like the the beers before and after the game. But you know, it no one you know, strong armed him into drinking. They just, mm-hmm. you know, guys give guys a hard time. I think more that I didn't experience anything like that personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like all of my friends and family were super supportive of just not giving a hard time or even loving teasing about like, oh, come on, you know, you want that glass of wine. I mean, nothing even of that level. I feel like it was really, um, really easy. My, my dad hasn't, um, it doesn't drink at all. And so I think there was already this precedent that like, we can be together and have social gatherings without everyone drinking, even if other, you know, some people are, and some people aren't, but it was never this, like, we're all in it together, drinking together. Um, so that was pretty easy with my family. And as far as my friends goes, I mean, honestly, I think my husband and I were the biggest drinkers. We were kind of the ones who would like, let's, let's open the wine or let's, you know, let's make cocktails. You know, we were kind of the ones who would often um, push that agenda forward. And so I think a lot of our friends, you know, weren't at that level of like wanting to incorporate drinking as much anyway. So they probably, I, I think it just felt normal for them to have gatherings and social times together without drinking being involved or without it being a big, like, point of the gathering that's interesting isn't it because I think you do realize you do sort of appreciate that not everyone drinks as much as you thought they did (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it's uh it's funny like the tales you weave in your own mind and until you kind of go out there on your alcohol-free journey I feel like a lot of the preconceived notions we have about what we're going to experience along the way are often a lot more mild than we're anticipating. You know, they're not these like big, huge deal things. It's just like this little moment of like, oh yeah, I'm not drinking tonight. And people like, oh really? Like, yeah, I'm not. And then they move on and that's the whole thing. <laughs> it's not like this big discussion that, uh, you know, brings the the room to a halt. <laughs> you do build it up in your head, don't you? So I'm really intrigued. So you, the summer when you decide, you obviously did, you've done the 30 days, the six days, nine days, and you'll say, you said you did the summer mm-hmm. and said right that's it let's let's have a summer without it how did you go about doing that yeah at the time I um I signed up for it was a a, a little program I think it was a 60-day alcohol-free program that gave you like a little journal question a day um but I felt like I needed a daily thing to anchor me into that decision to support me. And, and that was really transformative because I wasn't just like, 
I'm not drinking today because I told myself I wasn't going to drink today. I was getting deeper under it. Like what is alcohol really bringing to my life mm-hmm. and getting clear on that? And what are, you know, how am I using it as a, as a vice, as a crutch? Um, what are things I enjoy that aren't, that don't involve drinking? You know, I was being prompted to explore this, this relationship I had developed with alcohol at a deeper level. And so that really helped me at the end of those couple of months after making that decision to not drink and then moving through a program that supported me, that's when it really came to the place of like, I can see this not being a part of my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, when we had done little 30 day stints, it was more like a, can we make it like white knuckle it to the end? <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. It was kind of like, oh my God, thank God. Yeah. It's day, you know, it's day 31. I can have a drink. Um, but this was the first time I was actively like peeling back the layers of what, what had become this drinking persona of that I had built around myself to see who I was without that. And, um, and that allowed me to confidently say for the foreseeable future, this is not going to be a part of my life. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, really interesting when you say you were peeling the layers of your drinking persona because ultimately it's an identity that we create around it isn't it so a lot of people say well I'm the Prosecco queen or I'm the party girl or I'm the G&T yeah I was the bartender I was the friend that everyone would be like Kaylin make me a good drink and I you know I had my I I mean we had like this beautiful bar card and all the the like equipment and and accoutrements to make it like (laughs) like beautiful like it was it was something that, and that's why I said it was a hobby. Like I collected beautiful barware classes and I had gorgeous shakers and all of these neat mixers. And it was, it was, I thought like almost mature of me mm-hmm. to have all of this. And yeah. so it, it was definitely an identity of, you know, oh, well, you know, Caleb and Craig, they always have the best parties and they have these fancy cocktails that they make. And, you know, it just, it felt like something that if I stopped doing that on some level, like who, who was I, you know, mm-hmm. who was I without yeah. being this person who hosts these parties and does, and granted we've hosted parties since <laughs> and it's perfectly lovely and all is good. And they're honestly more enjoyable because you're not kind of like, how much am I going to drink tonight? It's yes. sort of like yeah. <laughs> going yeah. into it, but it was, um, there was definitely this, this persona, this identity that um, I had created. And I wondered, you know, how, how that would affect things. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's been long enough that I'm like, I'm still me, but I know I'm different too, and in, in better ways. And it's, um, Honestly, it feels very freeing not to have something in my life that makes it feel so complicated. Mm-hmm. And and that's it. And I think when you say you're still you, I think it's that authenticity that comes out as well. You you are your authentic self. You haven't got anything now that's sort of blurring or potentially masking who you really are. And you talked about being sort of tightly wound earlier on and, um, you know, this was the way to release you. So what do you do now to sort of unwind? Yeah, I think, yeah. So now I think part of it is just being older, you know, starting, you know, when I first started 
developing a relationship with alcohol and drinking. I was in my you know early 20s and I think there's a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows when you're of that age, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not fully formed yet. Um, but now, you know, moving towards 40, um, I feel like that, that brings more confidence and clarity and evenness in general. But, um, I mean, I've always, even when I was drinking, I've always been on a path of personal development. And that was something that felt like, you know, drinking felt like it was in conflict with that. A lot of times, you know, I did my yoga teacher training when I was in my twenties and I really strove to, you know, eat organic foods. And I was a vegan and a vegetarian and all of these things, exploring how to be the best version of myself, um, you know, often outside of myself. And I think what's, what I've realized is, is that those things aren't outside of myself, you know, being the best version of me means anchoring into my, my truth at my core and feeling aligned with my values and being in integrity. Um, and I felt like drinking took me out of, out of my values and out of my integrity a lot of times. And so it made me feel, um, kind of like a, a phony or a fake at different times where here I am preaching to live your best life and take care of your body and, you know, even deepen your spirituality. And yet I have this thing that I'm, I feel like I need in my life, but I also know is not serving me and I want to remove it, but I also don't want to let it go. And it just, it felt so, I mean, I keep using the word complicated, but that's, that's really the feeling. Uh, it was like an entanglement. Um, and so I think that now without alcohol, I feel it more of an evenness. There's not those high highs and low lows, but there's this, you know, there are highs and there are lows, but they're they're managed in a much healthier way and um, processed instead of it being something that I numb or try to escape from. And yeah, just feeling more, more integrated. Like my values are in alignment with what I'm doing and my integrity is in alignment with what I'm doing and that I'm not getting, um, not disappointing myself. Honestly, that was a big piece of drinking was I, I felt disappointed in myself at different times when I said I wasn't going to drink. And then I would, even if it was one glass, one glass of wine, it's like, ah, oh, but I said mm-hmm. I wasn't going to. And then I did. And it would just, just this little chip away at, at your self-worth. That's so common and uh, yeah. Yeah, really, really good point because people don't appreciate how much they are slowly chipping away by not doing what they say they're going to do. And alcohol doesn't really allow you to do it because it's an addictive Mm -hmm. substance. And so then you go through this whole thing where actually you do have this mental battle all the time about whether or not you drink, whether you don't drink. And then when you give into it, you feel bad and you start berating yourself and you wake up at three in the morning and you're, you know, and it's all these things that, it's exhausting when you when you think about it. it? Yeah, that was that was the worst on those nights when you would wake up and like you know your heart would be racing because you know you're having like the effect of drinking is hitting you in the middle of the night. It's something that didn't happen to me in my twenties, but I definitely felt once I entered my thirties and just this oh of disappointment, just this Mm. feeling of like 
why, why did I do this to myself? And I can't tell you how amazing it was, like, especially the first few weeks after stopping of waking up in the morning, feeling like good, like not, not this feeling of, I mean, granted there's the physical effects of a hangover, but that the, the emotional hangover of like letting yourself down or drinking more than you wanted or having a glass when you said you wouldn't, or any of those things where you'd wake up and just feel a little, like your light had been dimmed a little bit and not having that, just waking up and feeling refreshed. Mm. It was, it was awesome. It is awesome. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and I, I do find it helpful that you raised that, you know, after three years, you had what we call the fading effect bias. So it's that whole thing of couldn't, it wasn't that bad. It's sort of seeing it in rose tinted glasses and, exactly. and remembering all the, the laughs and the giggles and the highs when really, mm-hmm. and then, you know, forgetting about everything else the anxiety and the you know the the waking up at three in the morning so when you when you sort of said you'd have a drink Mm -hmm. and you'd you'd go back to it what was what was going on for you at the time and then you said it was really easy to just go back you know stop again which is great but I'm sure anyone who's someone who's listening who's thinking oh I've done it again I've had a drink and I feel bad and maybe I just carry on drinking or you know what what do I do it'd be helpful to get your your take on it yeah absolutely so I think the the first time or two were very spread out it was sort of like oh, is this something we could do once in a while? And honestly, I was almost almost scared of myself. And so I think I, those, there was like the first time I think I had like a half a glass of champagne, you know, like, you know, and then the next time we were at this amazing Mexican restaurant and I ordered um, a, a margarita and I didn't even finish it. And those were spaced out like months apart. And then my husband and I were talking like, that wasn't that bad. Like I, I forget almost that I had that drink. Like it just, it was like having seltzer. Like it didn't, yeah. it didn't affect me. It didn't phase me. I felt fine the next day. Hmm. It was half a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're like, Oh, was it really that bad? And we had this one night where we went back to um, like some of our, our favorite places we used to go when we were younger and we we're having this like total nostalgia moment. We're like, how bad would it be if we got those grapefruit martinis that we used to get? <laughs> And we're like, you know, we're co-conspirators. So we're like in it together. And then we got the grapefruit martinis and I drank the whole thing on an, you know, it was pre-dinner. So on an empty stomach, definitely feeling it. So then of course at dinner, the next best idea is to get wine. And so it just became this, this thing where we were transported back into Mm -hmm. like our you know, dating, engaged time, pre-kids, like living in this glowy moment. And we're like, oh, that's, that's kind of fun. But what I noticed was after that, because I didn't go and then drink the next day and the next day, but I did notice a shift where I was looking for a time when we could go and do it again. Mm, And it was like, oh, you know, we've got, we've got those plans coming up in a couple of weeks. Like maybe we'll drink that day. It was like this little, like, secret flirty thing of like, oh, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll, we'll do that that day. And, and then I noticed, you know, that it went from 
you know, the one random thing in like February and then once in April and then that time in June where we had more drinks. And then it was like the beginning of July, we had drinks and then it was a week later and then we could just tell it was snowballing Yeah, and we were falling back into old, old habits and old patterns. And it, I will say in that little slump, you know, of a month or whatever, it did sort of feel like I knew I was going to stop. Like I knew I was going to cold Turkey it again at some point, but I also didn't really want that to pick that date right away. It was like, you know, Oh, well maybe we'll just, maybe we'll wait till, you know, after this, you know, weekend we had planned, we were going to go into Philadelphia and go see a show. We're like, we'll wait till after that. Oh, maybe we'll wait till after we get back from vacation. Maybe we'll wait until the summer ends. You know, we kept bumping the date out. And so I was like, you know what, we just have to, we just have to make a choice. Like if we're going to give ourselves permission to drink for the next month when we want to, mm-hmm. let's do that. But we need an, an end date when we're going back to what we really want to do. Cause this feels like a fling, you know, it didn't feel like, oh, this is us now. It was like this fling with mm-hmm. something that we knew we were going to permanently lift out again. And so I think that's what what allowed us to, to stop was because we really, and, and I, you know, I say we, because it was really me and my husband in conversation of like, this feels like a very isolated moment and we know we're, we're going to stop and, and did thereafter and then continuing forward. Um, so for, I'm not recommending it for anybody. I think if you've made that commitment and you've been going strong, don't, don't go back just to see where it goes. But for us, it really did recommit us and remind us of why we made that choice three years prior, because it had dimmed. And it was sort of like looking back at that old relationship and you're forgetting all the things you didn't like about the person. You're just remembering all the things you miss. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was, um, it, it did, it did re give me a very deep reset of like, no, no, I could just, I could feel like all of this, like my, my energy just felt like it was like diminishing of like closing into the singular focus of like, when can I have fun and drink (laughs) instead of all of these other beautiful big things. And I think it was for me directly related to, um, experiencing a lot of growth, honestly, in my business. And I think it was, it was happening fast and it was exciting and I, there was a little bit of self-sabotage of like, can I hold this? Can I step up at this next level? Can I show up in this big way? Can I do all these things? And I think it was, a, you know, a way of dimming that of like, it wasn't because it was bad feelings, but it was because it was big feelings, you know, mm-hmm. big next level stuff. And it was sort of like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can hold it. And if you have a couple of drinks that just mm-hmm. calms you right down and, you feel like you you're capable of it again or whatever. So, but that's not how I wanted to live. I didn't want to, um, to be diminishing all of this big, beautiful stuff I was building. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to expand to the point where I could hold it, not dim myself down and hide from it. So that was, um, that was another really clear reason to move forward. And also for me personally, a lot of it came back to, you know, who, who do I want to be for my children? You know, I've got these two young girls, they're nine and six. They're looking at me every day for what it, what it means to be 
a woman and an adult and, you know, someone who's hopefully taking care of herself and doing things that are, that are in alignment and in integrity, as we were saying before. And, um, I just, it didn't feel like something that was making me a better mother or better role model. Um, Mm -hmm. even though maybe in the moment I felt like it was making me more patient or less reactive, but ultimately I didn't want to teach them that they need a substance to help them do that. So, it's um, definitely on the parenting front as well. I feel like a, a better a better mother and at least for the mother I want to be without alcohol being involved. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's really, really good. And to have that sort of foresight because it's interesting, your brain has all the, the neuro pathways and it will automatically go back to what it knows so if you've not been drinking for however long you know it could be 10 years you have a drink and your brain remembers and you very quickly go back to what you knew which is as you say you know you had a drink you had a few months and then you had another drink but it was quickly getting back to the point of this is what I do and this is what I remember so it is a it's really interesting how you know how our brains work and the whole concept of self-sabotage is 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 fantastic that you've sort of raised it because we do find when you stop drinking all these things happen and it is it is like a superpower it is like magic is happening because opportunities suddenly come and you suddenly have you're brave and you go after things that you haven't thought about for years and you actually give yourself permission to try and then it can get to a point where you're thinking I've gone too far I'm not sure if I can step into that next step and an easy way to do it is to have a drink because as you say you can then sort of go breathe and say okay right I can I can cope with this again now but what you're doing is the complete opposite. As you said, you end up shrinking as opposed to expanding. So I think that was really helpful for, for the listeners to sort of hear that. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Okay, so we've we've talked a lot about your alcohol journey and obviously how you became alcohol-free. What would you say are the things that have happened since and why are you continuing on this journey? Yeah, Absolutely. So I definitely feel, um, I feel that alignment with my values, as we were mentioning before, I feel in integrity. I don't feel like I'm preaching something out there in my work about living your best life and then not living mine. Um, I really feel like I'm on the path to living into that and being an example of that, which feels, um, feels really good. Like something I can be proud of. Hmm. in terms of my relationship with my husband I mean I feel like we've gotten a lot I think when you move through something challenging together which lifting out alcohol was it was something Hmm. that was very wrapped up in our relationship and our identities you become stronger um, and closer and so that's been that's been wonderful and realizing that we don't need, need something else to facilitate connection or fun or bonding is, is really beautiful and wonderful. And 
in terms of being a parent, I feel like I've become, even though you might think drinking helps you become less reactive, I think I've become, um, I think my nervous system is more regulated. So I think I'm less reactive to, um, to things that maybe would have fired me off and then made me want to get a drink. Um, I'm more even and and then in my non-perfect moments, I also just apologize and like, hey girls, sorry, I lost my temper there, you know, and just owning it and and understanding that it can't be perfect all the time. I think drinking, um, I it was because I was striving for, for, for perfection in so many areas of my life that it felt like all too much sometimes. And then the drink felt so necessary to just whew, give myself a break from that and just being more accepting of who I am and where I'm at on this journey and my flaws and also being proud of the things I'm doing a good job at, like all of it, all, you know, all the big, beautiful mess all at one time. And in terms of my business, I mean, there's been tremendous growth in my business. I feel so much clearer, um, on my vision, on the steps and the moves I need to make to get on that path. Um, my team has grown a lot because I feel like I have more capacity to lead and to, to be that, the visionary of what I'm hoping to build. And, and yeah, I mean, I feel like there's been positive, positive growth in all areas. I mean, I feel like I, in terms of my health, um, back when I was drinking, I was a lot more, um, you know, drinking has a lot of calories when you're drinking all the time. And so I feel like I was more aware of my, um, my diet in a negative way of like, let's make sure I'm not eating a ton of food. So I have room for the calories later, if I'm going to be drinking and just this unhealthy management of, of that. And I feel like I'm in a place where I nourish my body really well. I challenge myself with my workouts. I feel really strong, like just redefining what it looks like to yeah, to be, be a woman in her power. (laughs) And, you know, I feel like so much of it is, is like, you can do it all and have the glass of wine. Um, and I wanted to prove that for a really long time. I wanted to be able to do it all and have that glass of wine and let loose at the end of the day. And in that way. And I realized actually, I don't, I want to, I want to feel like my best self and, if that means lifting out some of these things that are cultural norms that people say you should include, um, that I'm okay with that too. And being a little counterculture in that way. So I honestly can't name an area of my life that hasn't improved by lifting alcohol out of the picture. Um, and going into that journey, I don't know if I would have said that. (laughs) I would have said, well, I'll probably have a lot less fun, but at least I won't be mad at myself all the time. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not the case. (laughs) That's amazing to hear. And I love the fact, this is what I obviously talk about all the time. It is about thriving in all areas of your life and knowing that actually it's all interconnected as well because we can end up when we're drinking focusing purely on maybe a couple of things you focus on work or your business and then you focus on your your children and your, your husband family but all the other things you mentioned you know your health and your personal development and everything else it is to self-care and looking after yourself it's all 
you know it's all really great so um yeah that's that's fantastic and the other thing that I loved that you said was being a woman in your power and it is empowering isn't it it really is it's um to just own who you are without dimming or diminishing it is um it's it's a big feeling but if as you feel into it it's very it's very fulfilling and it's it's deeply fulfilling where alcohol it can be like surface level fun this is like deep deep fulfillment that i i feel like i've tapped into since removing it from my life wow brilliant brilliant okay so is there anything else you want to touch on Oh goodness. I think we, I think we've covered a lot of it. So I'm <laughs> feeling like we, we hit on all the notes that we had uh, kind of promised at the top of the call, which I'm really glad we were able to get into. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So with all my guests, I know, I think you've, you've already, already given some fantastic answers, but what does thriving alcohol-free mean to you, Kaylin? I think what's landing for me is putting yourself first. Um, it maybe doesn't feel like that right out of the gate when you choose to remove alcohol. It might feel like you're removing a, a treat or a hobby or something you really enjoy, but ultimately it's a decision that you're, you're putting yourself first before a drink. <laughs> and to you know reiterate what we just said, that and it puts you in touch with your your power and your authenticity and and your clarity and your excitement and your inspiration and all of these things that are are right there ready to be present and be part of your life but just get swallowed up with alcohol um they they come back and there's all of these really cool things that unfold like these really amazing opportunities that you wouldn't even be able to wish for or define that start happening because you're you're wide awake to your life mm. Gosh, love it. You're wide awake to your life. It's true. You're seeing in Technicolor, aren't you? As opposed to in black and white. So fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on and sharing and just an amazing story. And if the listener wants to get in touch with you, how's the, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a couple different things I can mention depending on what's, what your, you know, your, favorite way of connecting. I am definitely over on Instagram, kaylin.asher. You can connect with me there. Um, if you are a, um, a business owner, a coach, and you're looking to grow your business while working those flexible feel-good hours that make sense for you and your family, you can connect with me over on my website, kaylinasher.com. I have some amazing free trainings that can support you on that journey. Um, the most popular one being right now is um, how to make $100,000 a year with one Zoom call a week. And we talk about how to, you know, develop your coaching business in a way that doesn't um, overtake your life. So if, if that's something that might work for some of you, I'd love to connect with you in, in one of those places. Fantastic. And we'll put all the links in the show notes. So thank, thank you. you. Okay, well, listen, this has been amazing and just wonderful to, to hear your story. So as I mentioned, thank you for being so open and uh, sharing with us. So thank you so much. It's been so fun chatting with you today. And uh, I'm hoping that, you know, in me sharing that it empowers more people to 
you know, have that foray into their alcohol-free life because it really is um, a beautiful journey that opens up so much. Absolutely. I'm sure it will. Thank you so much. Take yeah, care. Thank you. Bye. Well, thank you, Kaylin. That was such a fabulous conversation. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for being so open and sharing. I do hope if you're listening, you're inspired and you also realise that this journey can be an up and down rocky road. You know, you're not necessarily going to stop forever and you shouldn't put that pressure on yourself. But you might get to a point where you think, actually, I can try drinking again and it will all be fine. And then you might realise that you're not getting anything from from it you don't actually enjoy it and there was no reason to start again so all of that's a bit of a learning curve and so I encourage you that no matter where you are on the journey if you have found that it's been a bit of a roller coaster and you've done many dry Januaries or you know 30 days where you've taken a break or 60 days where you've taken a break and then you've gone back to it please 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 don't judge yourself or feel annoyed or anything like that that is just your journey and you're going to have a fabulous story that you'll be telling at some point and who knows you may be a guest on this podcast so I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you've got something from it so just to remind you my self-paced online course a cocktail of clarity is currently half price and that is until the 27th of November so make sure you take advantage of this offer and details on how to get it are in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to this 10th episode. And I do hope that you continue to listen to the podcast and let me know if you've got any questions or if you'd like me to cover any specific topics. And I hope you have a fantastic week. I will see you on the next one. Take care of yourself. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Thrive Alcohol Free podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe so you get alerted every time I drop a new episode. I'd love it if you could rate, review and share this episode. Feel free to tag me on Instagram at Thrive Alcohol Free and follow me for daily tips. If you'd like to work with me, I offer one-to-one coaching sessions and have my signature Thrive Alcohol Free Society group coaching program. If you're not yet ready for coaching, I also have a self-paced online course, which is a companion to my book, A Cocktail of Clarity. All the links are in the show notes. I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful week. Take care.